Support for Georgia College Connections comes from Georgia College, Georgia's public liberal arts university, providing the experience students would expect from a private college with the affordability of a public university. For more information, gcsu.edu. Since 1976, America has formally recognized the contributions and achievements of African Americans through the celebration of Black History Month. Each fall on the Georgia College campus, the Cultural Center takes a leadership role in presenting events and facilitating conversations that shine a light on the many facets of the African American experience in these United States of America. Joining me today to talk about African-American history and ways you can celebrate Black History Month here in Milledgeville is public historian and Georgia College Cultural Center coordinator, Dietra Taylor. Dietra, welcome back to WRGC Studio. Thanks for having me again, Daniel. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure to be hosting you again You know, in this early part of 2017. Definitely. As we talked about right before getting into this interview, I usually save my kind of personal reflections to the end of our shows. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to actually reverse the order and start off that way here. And I just wanted to ask, as a historian, resident of our country, as a citizen of our country, what does it mean to you to have this annual celebration of Black history? Having Black History Month is really an exciting time for me as a historian. I love the opportunity that it gives you to take pause and reflect on all of the things that happened in Black history, your family, as well as the famous names that we have in Black history, and some that are not so famous. Um, a lot of people are talking about Black inventors, do the film Hidden Figures that came out earlier this year. So it's just a really great time to take the time to reflect on that. I was curious, when you think about some of these great names and great contributors to American history, just happen to be black, who comes to mind for you? Who, for you personally? Oh, wow. Bayard Rustin is a great person who I don't think a lot of people are familiar with, but he certainly was the, the lieutenant for Martin Luther King and the March on Washington. Zora Neale Hurston, great writer, a lot of African and African-centric, Afrocentric elements in her literature. I enjoy looking at that. Of course, we just came off of Martin Luther King Day, so I always have him in mind as well. And Malcolm X is also another good person to look at and reflect upon. And I just want to give a plug for some of our shared history together. I did not know about Bayard Rustin until you actually did a show with me here on WRGC Georgia College Connections about him. And I think that may have been may have been a year ago, but yeah. uh, that was really eye opening for me to get cast a light on some of these um, figures in the civil rights movement who we don't, you know, necessarily rise to. You know, I think widespread public recognition. Absolutely. And that's that's part of the joy of being a historian is to be able to find these people and be able to share their stories with the public. And I think it's and this could be a whole another show, but it's, it's a shame to me that we kind of consolidate history down to a few figures and um, we don't recognize how many people contribute to movements within history or just to history as we know it. Absolutely. And I think that's why, as a historian, I was always interested in the intersection between like my family's history and what was going on with what was going on in the nation, even national movements like the Great Migration. I had some relatives participate in that and go up north and work. 
Some of them later returned to the South when I was very little. But just kind of hear those stories and think about your role in history, right? The common person that you may not be a Martin Luther King or a Sojourner Truth or a Harriet Tubman, but you also have a role to play. So I think it's very important to recognize that. And do you feel that we're doing a better job of that now? Yeah, I think we are making more of an effort to do that. I think that there's been some little struggle points recently in in the media talking about people who aren't as familiar with the different cultural groups. But we are making an effort to make our stories known and to integrate them with the rest of American history. Now, I think... Each year when we celebrate Black History Month, there's a a kind of a conversation that goes on amongst different communities where some people may question the desire or the need to consider the histories of distinct communities within our greater society. What would you say to someone who might ask you, why do we need these formal recognitions of Black history, Latino history, women's history, LGBTQ history, or some of the other histories that we need to put into this melting pot of the United States? Well, sure. I think it's twofold. One, for that community, it's a point of celebration. So I think it's really important that we in America have the chance to celebrate ourselves. That's something that Walt Whitman talked about, right, in Leaves of Grass. So I think that's that's a really important point. The other flip side of that is for those that are not from that community to have an opportunity to learn more about the various communities and the diverse cultures that we have in America. We don't really typically get a chance to do that in our education system. I'm not here to slam the education system, but a lot of the way history is taught is through kind of great man, great woman theory. So we're focusing on the big names, and a lot of times those names are, are white names, So we don't really focus a whole lot on the people that have contributed from the various diverse communities. We may get one or two people that kind of rise to the surface in that, but there's a whole rich history beyond just the one or two luminaries that we have time to talk about in our classes. And that's also where public history can kind of come into play as well as our historic sites, our museums. And even our films that sometimes may or may not be completely historically accurate. But I think that's the way a lot of the public gets these stories that we don't necessarily have time to focus on in the classroom. Well, we're going to take a short break right now. But if you're just joining us, we're talking with Deetra Taylor. She's a public historian. She's also the coordinator of the Cultural Center here on the campus of Georgia College. And we're talking about this year's celebration of Black History Month on the campus of Georgia College. Um, In this next segment, we're going to talk about um, some of the actual events that are taking place here at Georgia College. But before we even go there, I just want to ask you, all these events are open to the public, free events. Absolutely. Absolutely. Please come on out. And so, um, please, we'll be talking about that next on this edition of Georgia College Connections. So stay tuned.
Thank you for staying tuned to Georgia College Connections on WRGC 88.3 FM. Today, we're talking about the celebration of Black History Month here on the campus of Georgia College in Milledgeville, Georgia. As I said before we went into that break, of course, all of the events that we're going to talk about in this segment and throughout the, um, the remainder of our conversation are free and open to the public. So please, if you hear a conversation and want to get involved or just come out and experience these events, please know that the invitation is open to you. Today, I'm talking with Dietra Taylor. She is a public historian, and she's also the coordinator of the Cultural Center at Georgia College. Now, as we look forward to um, just the slate of events that we have coming up here throughout February and on into March, I was wondering, is there a theme for the programs that are presented this year or a different perspective that these events are coming from? Sure. So the theme for the Black History Month, the national theme, is set by the Association for the Study of African-American Life and History. And that was founded by Carter G. Woodson, who is the founder of first Negro History Week and then Black History Month. So the theme for this year is the crisis in black education. And that's set by that the Association for the Study of African-American Life and History. And this year at Georgia College, we decided to kind of weave ourselves in and out of that theme. So we're not addressing the education system directly, but we are talking about the various aspects of black life and culture so that our students can be more informed and educated about the culture and history of black people. Would it be all right to ask you if you have any insight into the national theme for this year, why that theme was chosen, or, or just even your thoughts about why that is a focal point right here in 2017? Yeah, so I'm not a member of the society, but the theme, the crisis of in black education, is important and significant. I think there have been a lot of discussions in the black community about how black people are educated and the best way to do that. A lot of us get a lot of our black history from our parents first. And so it's not necessarily something that we look to the school system for. And there are also different issues about access to education in the school systems, in the various communities and regions, whether you're in an urban area and are looking at improving public schools and also the charter school, that discussion or in your rural area, and you're looking at different ways to have greater access to quality public education. I think all of those discussions are important. And certainly education has been historically seen in the Black community as a way to elevate oneself. So um, it has been a very important tool to move from poverty to hopefully middle class and beyond. So yeah, it's very significant for Black culture. And I think especially in this transitional year in our government, you know, looking back at some of the foundational institutions that we have for the betterment of all is, you know, it's as timely and as prescient as any thought that you could possibly have right now at this time. Absolutely. There's a lot of discussion with the new administration about education in general, and certainly on the campaign trail that the black community and education was one of the things that were, was mentioned. So I think it is an important focal point and a timely theme. And, and as education should be 
every year. Sure, you know? absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I think we we we, can, we tend to take that for granted. Maybe perhaps you know because we we deal with education all the time here. Right. Uh, you know, weaves its way in and out of uh, many facets of what we do. But to go back to one of the things uh, you were saying, y'all are weaving uh, some of the events in and out of that theme of the crisis in Black education. Um, I thought I'd ask you, what are some of the events that you'd like to highlight? We recently had a screening of Good Hair, which is a documentary about black hair culture. And we had about an hour and a half discussion after that film with the students as, you know, all the different ways that black people wear their hair is important to them being in college. Our next event, we are going to have a, um, a screening of Selma. And I'm very excited about that. So that continues some of our Martin Luther King celebrations and that would be on February 23rd. So that we are looking forward to seeing everybody at that screening and discussing more about the legacy of Martin Luther King and how the different communities in Georgia College, as well as the Milledgeville community can come together for the common good. The other celebration that I'm looking forward to would be the screening of Ava DuVernay's film 13th, which focuses on the 13th Amendment and the relationship between that amendment and the prison system and how that has affected the African-American community. Just in case our listeners aren't familiar with the different amendments to the Constitution, which is the 13th Amendment? So the 13th Amendment is the amendment that liberated the slaves. It's credited with that. However, it has in a loophole that if you were convicted of a crime— slavery can still possibly exist for convicts in our prison system. There is a history with that loophole in the South of the chain gang system that a lot of African-Americans were convicted in the aftermath of slavery as they were roaming around trying to find families, trying to find jobs, and they were violating vagrancy laws, which were meant to put them in a place. So if you were black and you were running around and you were out of your place, you could be convicted of vagrancy law and put on a chain gang. And the chain gangs were used by corporations such as railroads in order to build some of our infrastructure here in the South, as well as in the, in the country in general, right, benefiting from that mass transit system. So there is a long history of that in our nation. The film will talk about the crack epidemic in the 80s, the rise of law and order also in the 70s after the civil rights movement, and kind of the conflict between some of the activism that Black people have had and also trying to elevate themselves with this loophole with the 13th Amendment. The other amendments, just to kind of share, is the 14th Amendment, which guarantees citizenship for all, regardless of whether you were enslaved before or not. And then the 15th Amendment, which gave black men the right to vote. I also want to make sure that I mention our uh, March event, which is Essence of Black, and it will be happening March 4th at 6 p.m. That's a Saturday. And it's our partnership with Sensational Steps dancers in the community and our students here at Georgia College. And so it will be celebrating all the assets of Black history. Our theme for this year is Legacies. 
Well, it's happened again. We've run out of time for this segment. And so if you're just joining us, you're listening to Georgia College Connections on WRGC 88.3 FM. Today we're talking about events that are celebrating black history here in February. These are events that are happening in Milledgeville and on the campus of Georgia College and State University. I'm joined in the studio by Deetra Taylor. She's a public historian, but on the campus of Georgia College, she is the Cultural Center Coordinator. So stay tuned and we'll be right back with more. Georgia College Connections. Some people think we don't have the right to say it's my country. Before they give in, they'd rather fuss and fight than say it's my country. I paid 300 years or more of slave driving sweat and wealth on my back. This is my country. Protecting my pride For me to go second class We've survived a hard blow And I want you to know That you'll face us at last And I know you will give consideration Shall we perish unjust or live evil? Thank you for staying tuned to Georgia College Connections on WRGC 88.3 FM. We're talking about events that celebrate African-American and black history, events that will happen here at Georgia College and State University, but also even in the larger celebration of this history here during the month of February, which is Black History Month. Now, we're talking with Deetra Taylor. She's a public historian and on the campus of Georgia College, she's the coordinator of the Cultural Center. And I want to ask you, Dietra, we've talked about this a little bit in some of our prior conversations, but for this conversation, can we talk a little bit about the history of Black History Month? Sure. Black History Month is in February every year, and there's a little joke in the community about being the shortest month of the year. And that is true, but the reason why Black History Month is in February is because Carter G. Woodson looked at the birthdays of Frederick Douglass and Abraham Lincoln fell in February, and Carter G. Woodson wanted to recognize both of those individuals for their contributions to Black history and culture. And so we also have a song that was written by James Weldon Johnson. It's actually a poem turned into a song. It's called Lift Every Voice and Sing, and it was in celebration of Abraham Lincoln. So that's why February was chosen as the month of the week first and then the month uh, for Black history. Well, and can you talk a little bit more about Carter G. Woodson and perhaps his thoughts on why we needed to have a week and now a month celebrating black history? Sure. So Carter G. Woodson was one of the first black historians to refute some ideas by Thomas Jefferson and Frederick Hegel concerning people without a history are not a people. 
And so Carter G. Woodson made it his life's mission to start to collect the history of black people. And that included later with W.B. Du Bois reaching back to Africa and including those nations and, and tribes as well. So he wanted to make sure that the Negro children in the schools had access to this history. And at the time, the schools were segregated, but the curriculum was still controlled largely by white decision makers and politicians. And Carter G. Woodson came up with this idea to have a week in the schools to recognize black history and heritage so that the school children would have a sense of who they are and to be able to take pride in the contributions of black people and maybe find some inspiration in that. So that was back in the early part of the 20th century when Carter G. Woodson proposed the idea about Negro History Week. What have been some of the steps since then where we've actually seen it as a, a nationwide celebration that, although it is the shortest month of the year, is a month now and not just a week? Right. So after the civil rights movement in the 70s, the government decided to formally recognize a whole month dedicated to black history due to the strides that were made um, in the civil rights movement by Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks and, and others, there came to be a real need to bring the nation, bring the nation together by recognizing the shared history of African Americans. And also 1976 is, I believe is the same um, year that Roots came out by Alex Haley. If not, it was probably the year after 77, but somewhere in there. And so you're having this national conversation about race in America and the significance of race and how the nation can move to heal itself from the wounds of slavery and segregation and others. And as we look at the present and see this uh, national recognition in a, a whole month of a celebration of black history, we still are in a world in which it is a majority white country. Uh, we are moving towards a majority minority country. Um, but in that sense, I think, you know, Georgia College is a microcosm of, of our country. And I wanted to ask you, you know, what are some of the challenges and perhaps triumphs of celebrating Black History Month in a majority white space? Well, I think some of the challenges are that people assume that if it's a Black History Month celebration, that the events are not for them if they are not of the black community. And that is absolutely not true. We are very friendly and welcoming at the Cultural Center. We foster conversations and we would love to have a diversity of people at our Black History events, as well as the Latino History Month events and, and others. So please do not be afraid to come out and, and enjoy and learn about different cultures. I think that is one of the biggest challenges is to have people kind of get out of their comfort zone and explore different culture and, and learn how to do that. I think our biggest triumph would be it's um, an opportunity for in this case, black people to celebrate themselves. But every heritage month that we have at the Cultural Center, it is celebratory for that community. And it really brings those students together. They really feel empowered with that. And they really enjoy doing the heritage months and coming together in that way. Well, and I want to go back to something you just said there. And I want to put myself out there on a branch and you know expose the naive side of, of my nature and say that maybe it, perhaps it's a, not an opportunity to go outside of your comfort zone, but perhaps as a white person to 
find your comfort zone. I know that I myself would love to think that we're striving towards a society when I myself as a white person can see the contribution of African-Americans, Latinos, women, the LGBTQ community as a part of my history too, because we are Americans and we all share that and we should celebrate the different facets of that. I hope you know, people will uh, not see it as outside of their comfort zone, but perhaps an invitation into a larger comfort zone. And there I go at being idealistic and naive. <laughs> no, absolutely. I think um, I think it is an opportunity for people to widen their circle of friends, to get to meet new people, and really learn about one another. Well, as we close our conversation today, I'm going to you know play devil's advocate and ask a question, uh, teacher. Do you foresee a time when we don't need a formal Black History Month? or a formal recognition of, of black history um, in this month-long celebration? Right. That is a very complex question. I want to say yes in that I see more and more efforts to incorporate the different heritages that make up America into our mainstream understanding of history, the way we are preserving, exhibiting in museums, creating art, creating film that tell these stories of the different heritages throughout time, but I do feel that it is needed still because by those individual groups, including Black culture, um, because it speaks to that sense of what Martin Luther King called the sense of somebodiness, the celebratory aspect, the opportunity to celebrate oneself, I think is still needed. And I think it is one of the most American of ideals. Again, going back to Walt Whitman and Leaves of Grass, in which he said that he celebrated himself accordingly. I think that that is a part of our freedom, is to celebrate ourselves and to express our cultural differences and be proud of that. And I think the months give us an opportunity for that. So I hope that the positive aspects will continue as far as the celebratory aspects will continue. But as far as there being a need in that there's an educational deficit for the black community, Latino community, LGBT community in our history. I hope that need does go away. In other words, that those histories are elevated to that of George Washington and Jefferson and the rest of the mainstream great people. If someone's hearing our conversation today and wants to find out more about the events, how can they do that? The Cultural Center has social media. So we have Facebook. We have Twitter and Instagram, so you can check those out. Also, you can call the Cultural Center number, 478-445-8155. You can also check out um, the website for a list of events. Well, Dietrich, thank you so much for joining me again to have another thought-provoking conversation, one that I always enjoy, and I hope our audience does too. Thank you for having me. Yeah, The pleasure has been mine. You've been listening to Georgia College Connections on WRGC 88.3 FM. Today we were talking about a series of events on the Georgia College campus that are going to shine a light on different facets of the African-American experience in these United States of America. I was joined by Deetra Taylor. She's a public historian, and on the Georgia College campus, she's the coordinator for the Cultural Center. I've been your host, Daniel McDonald. It's been my pleasure spending a portion of this evening with you here on Georgia College Connections, and I want you to know that I look forward to convening with you next time.